lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. It is the day. I think it's... I think it has the potential to be one of the biggest days in American history. And I'm going to talk about why here in just a few minutes. Steve Dace here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am down here in Dallas, back home in Iowa. Our very own Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are standing by. Gentlemen, look forward to bringing you in here to the conversation in just a moment. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our new YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And don't forget, you knew I was not going to miss an opportunity to shamelessly shill and self-promote on what's probably our biggest audience day of all time. Check out my brand new book, Pre-Orders for the Novella, Sequel to a Nefarious Plot, a nefarious carol going on right now at Amazon.com. Get your copy today. It drops on December the 15th is the release date. So just in time for Christmas, if you're wondering, hey, what am I going to do for dad or for mom or for myself for Christmas this year? Well, now you know. And it's also what you're going to do for my Christmas, well, at least my kids' Christmas, because uh, they're counting on all of you here to do your part by buying that book right now. Pre-orders available at Amazon.com for A Nefarious Carol. You can learn more about the book as well, the sequel to A Nefarious Plot. Before we went on the air today, I want to start with this. Got a note from somebody who said, hey, I, I know you guys got to do ads, and I get it. That's how you all make your money. But it can be laborious to listen to sometimes, but you were offering uh, a great special for Patriot Mobile, so I decided to give it a shot. Figured at, 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 with what you guys were offering, I couldn't say no, so I did. Then I went out camping in a rural area with my parents, and it just so happened that I'm out and about walking around the campground in the morning, and I hear a loud thud from my mom and dad's camper. My mom has had the first seizure of her life. She's fallen down, had a wicked spill. We're very concerned. My dad and I grab our, our cell phones that we've had for years from the big national companies. No signal. I just so happened to bring the second phone from Patriot Mobile I was trying out. I just so happened to bring it with me. Got a signal. Called 911. Probably saved my mom's life. All right? Now... I, I, I can't, that's an incredible story. I cannot guarantee you that Patriot Mobile will save your life, <laughs> all right? But I can guarantee you that they're the only conservative, veteran-led mobile phone company, and they care about people more than profits. It also said in this note that um, they were able to get somebody on the phone for the entire 20 minutes that it took for EMS to get to the campground. They were on the phone here. Here's what to do with your mom, how to look. These are the signs you're looking for. These are the things we need to know, um, how you can take care of her right now until we arrive. The signal lasted that entire time. So why not give it a shot? 
Uh, if you got a chance to align with people who share your values, take advantage of it because you know the big cell phone carriers don't. 972-PATRIOT is the number you can call. Use the promo code Steve uh, to join their family of freedom-loving Americans and get a free activation and a free gift when you use that promo code Steve at 972-PATRIOT or go online to patriotmobile.com. All right, we're going to have a ton of stuff today on the big day, the election. Next hour, a full hour of fake news or not, Todd and Aaron are going to throw at me uh, a series of stories, predictions, polls, uh, analyses that, that have happened across the media landscape during this election cycle. And I'm going to decide whether I think, based on what I'm seeing right now, whether I think that's fake news or not. At the bottom of this hour... We are going to take a look at the latest polls from Trafalgar Group. They were the most accurate battleground state pollster in 2016. And Robert Cahaley, who was recently on our show in a conversation you definitely want to go back and, and catch on the podcast sometime if you missed it originally. Uh, he is the, uh, the grand poobah over there at Trafalgar. Uh, Robert Cahaley is about to either become the new Nate Silver or whatever happened to that Robert Cahaley guy. It's going to be one or the other based on what happens here today. So we're going to get into his polls that tell a dramatically different story from what is going on in the big media polls out there. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by The Day is Finally Here. Look at us. Hey. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Today is the day we finally find out the winner of February's Iowa Democratic caucuses. Nope, just kidding. Today is the day millions of Americans will head to the polls and cast their votes for President of the United States. More is at stake, however, though. 33 Senate seats are up for grabs, as well as over 400 House seats. But perhaps the biggest thing at stake in the election is what message will be sent to the side who ends up losing the presidential race. Over the past few days and all across the country, most notably in Washington, D.C., videos have surfaced of businesses boarding up their their windows in preparation for the expected violence following a possible Trump re-election. In addition, Joe Biden's running mate Kamala Harris just this weekend released a video all but embracing full-on Marxism. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. Joe Biden himself this weekend said he'll enact a nationwide mask mandate and other failed COVID-19 mitigation strategies if he's elected. On day one of my presidency, I'll put in action a plan I've been taking about, talking about for months, already laid out, a national mandate. Mask wearing, social distancing, testing, tracing. On the other side, Donald Trump is either out to win re-election or prove he has more energy than you do. Trump capped off 14 rallies in three days with a 1 a.m. pit stop in Grand Rapids, Michigan, last night. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together with the incredible people of Michigan, we have made America powerful again. Our military, it's never been like this. We have made America wealthy again. We have made America strong again. So on one side, you have the party of lockdowns, Marxism, and mob violence. And on the other side, you have, at the very least, an optimistic view of what America is, has been, and can be. 
and early morning mean tweets. There will be ample time to dissect this more in the coming days and weeks, as you can imagine, so back to the task at hand. The final Real Clear Politics polling average has Joe Biden performing 3.4 points better nationally on Election Day than Hillary Clinton did back in 2016. In the battleground states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, North Carolina, Arizona, Biden is polling 1.2 points ahead of where Clinton was in 2016. But the latest Trafalgar Group polls, the most accurate battleground state polls of 2016 tell a different story. The final Trafalgar polls have Trump by up than less than a point in Nevada, up by two points in Florida, up by two and a half points in Michigan, and up by almost two points in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, however, things are already looking like a quagmire. This morning, according to the Philadelphia GOP, certified Republican poll watchers are being kicked out of polling locations across the city and being told their certification doesn't mean anything. One video surfaced of a GOP poll watcher being kicked out of a polling location in Philadelphia while he was literally holding up and displaying his poll watcher certificate. Call the police. Do it. If you leave, call the cops. Call that number. Tell him to call somebody. I have a citywide watcher certificate. And it's not for this location. It's not for it. It is not. Is this, Listen, is this the city of Philadelphia? This is the city of Philadelphia. This is the city of Philadelphia. You wanted to talk. You wanted to talk outside. Let's talk. A tweet from Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro went viral yesterday where he said, quote, if all the votes are added up in Pennsylvania, Trump is going to lose. That's why he's working overtime to subtract as many votes as possible from this process. For the record, he's 0-6 against us in court. We've protected voting rights. Now ignore the noise. Vote. The Biden campaign yesterday, despite holding apparently insurmountable leads in the battleground states, put out a warning. Biden campaign manager Jen O'Malley Dillon said in a briefing, quote, under no scenario will President Trump be declared a victor on election night. The Trump campaign released a statement yesterday warning of a plot by the Democrats and the media to stall election results by using a talking point called a, quote, red mirage if the race in key states is close. So that'll be something to listen to tonight during coverage of the results. And finally, regardless of how this election turns out, perhaps nothing will happen in elections more hilarious than what happened on that one night in 2016. Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. Well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. So right now we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80% favorite. We have different versions of the forecast you can look at. Paul has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina, Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. 
And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. Actually, and I project Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, uh, we project, will win in Kentucky, in Indiana, with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas, with its six electoral votes, Nebraska, with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming, with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. And that's what happened while we were away. Wow. <laughs> that... Uh, that montage, that, that was something, uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by home title lock. Hey, what does COVID-19 have to do with potentially losing your home? Turns out that it could be a lot because cybercrime has skyrocketed, uh, this year with most of us doing more living and business online than we've ever done before. That's made us more vulnerable. And also thieves have found out, scammers have found out that that's where our home titles are kept these days as well. So they go online, forge your signature on a quit claim deed and refile as the new owner of your home. And before you know it, you're off the title. And you may not know after they've done uh, liquidated your asset, your equity, you may not even know about it until late payment notices, maybe even foreclosure or eviction notices show up in the mail. Thankfully, though, Home Title Lock, they'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that the moment they detect any nefarious activity, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, all right, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim, and then use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection when you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, Todd and Aaron, we're going to bring you guys into the conversation here for a few minutes. Um, We're going to get into tons of data, I'm guessing. We're going to get into it here with the latest polling um, at the bottom of the hour. Uh, We'll get into it next hour when we play an entire hour of fake news or not, and you guys get to turn the tables on me for a change. We're going to get into tons of that data, and I'm going to be pouring over it all day long. I've been pouring over it already since 5.30 this morning. But I want to have a big picture conversation here for a moment. And I, I don't know how you guys felt when you woke up. You know, I, I didn't wake up with like any kind of pit in the stomach or nerves or anything like that at all. Uh, I, I woke up with a lot of contentment. I, I woke up with a sense of calm, a sense of peace. And I think this is why, even though this is the first time in my career that I have covered an election and been personally vested as a voter in the outcome. I I didn't work in politics the last time I voted for a GOP presidential nominee in 2004. I I wasn't working in politics at that time. I was still doing sports full time. I didn't vote for McCain. I didn't vote for Romney. I didn't vote for Trump the last time. I didn't think these three guys were worthy of my vote, so I didn't. So I I, I was deeply interested in what was going on. You know, I'm a political junkie. It's my career. So I was all over it, but 
covering it really as a conscientious objector. I was not emotionally or personally invested. This is this is the first time in my career there has been a convergence of what I do for a living and then my own self-interest as a voter. And I I expected, you know, when those uh, when those worlds collided, when we crossed the streams, I, I'd wake up a mess here this morning. But I didn't. And I, I spent some time. Um, I brought Amy down here with me to Dallas. She's never had a chance to see the the posh studios here at the Blaze. So she's still asleep. I'm up. And so I, I spent some time when it was just me in the quiet in the hotel room trying to figure out why am I not a nervous wreck about this? And it dawned on me it's because one of the things I love and need in life more than anything is clarity. And you guys know from working with me that I just need to know what the truth is. Even if it sucks, I, would, I, I need to know what's real. I, I need to know what the truth is. What, what converted me to Christianity, of, of course, obviously, the Holy Spirit did that. But on, on my end of the equation, wasn't just repentance for my sins. Lots of people feel bad about the bad stuff they do over and over and over and over again. What, what changed me is that it, it satisfied, and it was the only worldview that satisfied the intellectual longings I have. I need to know. Why, why am I like this? You know, you read Romans 7, you see the guy that wrote most of the New Testament talks about, man, I, I still do a ton of bad stuff I don't want to do. I don't do the good stuff that I know I need to do and want to do. I'm a wreck. And you read that and you're like, wow, I mean, that guy's like the chief apostle. And, and he has the same struggles I go through to this day. So why am I like this? Why is the world like this? And then what can be done about it? The only worldview on this earth that has the answers for those questions. I didn't say those answers were cuddly. I didn't say they were warm fuzzy. I, I didn't say they, they, they gave you the vapors. I just said they were the only answers to those questions. Sufficiently was the Christian worldview. I, I need clarity. I need to know. I, I, a lot of people avoid truth because they're afraid of the consequences. I'm more afraid of the consequences of not knowing it. What we're seeing right now across the country, two of the three most populous states in this country are Texas and Florida. They have now both already exceeded their turnout for 2016. Texas had exceeded it before we even got to today. Florida reported at 11 a.m. Central, it's reached 100% turnout from 2016. It's 11 a.m. Central when they said that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting emails and reports, not just from listeners and viewers, but people I know around the country, friends of the program, Daniel Horowitz, he'll be with us for a full hour tomorrow to break things down. Saying, hey man, I live in a Trump precinct, but in a deep blue district. I've never seen lines on election day like this. I, I think it is possible we're going to set a modern turnout record today. And that means we're going to get clarity, guys. We're going to find out who are we as a people. 
are we creeping Marxists? Are we face diaper wearers? Are we hide in your home from a virus that has a really debilitating 98% recovery rate for virtually every age group and demographic? Is that who we are? Or is there anything left of the people that we were made to be? Is there any more of that spirit of 1776 left? Because when you look at the numbers of who's voting, this isn't going to be, I won or lost this thing on a technicality, or, or this demo didn't turn out, or this demo didn't show up, and so I've got some kind of excuse. We're going to get a generational verdict here. Whether it's tonight, early this morning, or tomorrow morning, a week from now in the courts, one way or the other, the amount of people that are exercising their right to vote right now, we're going to finally make a decision as a people. Where are we going? Who are we? Now, obviously, I would prefer that decision to go a certain way. But I'm okay with whatever decision we make. Because I, my worldview does best when there is clarity. Even if the clarity is bad, that's actually when it does some of its best work, frankly. frankly. Where, where my worldview struggles is in the shadows, in the pea soup, in the murk and mire. No, no, my worldview says let the line out of its cage in the broad daylight and let's meet in the arena and see what happens. Life will get more difficult for people who believe like us if Joe Biden wins. There is no question about that. But we will know now what we're truly up against as a people. You'll really now know who your neighbors are, who your family members are, who your friends are, what people really believe. It's really odd to see a guy like Donald Trump who has bragged so often throughout the course of his life that he's gotten away with living life in the margins. He is the greatest political clarifier in American history. And we're going to get and receive clarity. And I think east of Eden, that's often all you can ask for in a sinful world is clarity. And we're going to get it now. And I think I'm, that's why I'm at peace with what is happening right now. We're going to finally get answers to questions we've been asking for a long time. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts? I echo everything you uh, just said. I'd also say, if you'll recall after that first debate, you remember how furious I was. I just said, this is our country. Both of you and your parties are ruining it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the childishness. And since that time, Donald Trump has been a grown-up. He's been, before that debate, I said the ticket to winning is exactly what we've seen. You need to be a happy warrior. It's clear. Look at these people coming out to watch him. They love that part of him. They always did. Even back in 2016 and 2015, when uh, us on this show didn't fully understand, no one possibly could. Look at in that montage. No one quite got what was happening in uh, in real time. And even somebody who was on the front edge like Ann Coulter, 
she ended up having a reservation. She went, you know, as he was president, he went anti-Trump. I mean, he, he's a frustrating man, but there was, when he, when he is at his best, that happy warrior, he's tapping into something truly American, that this is the people's country. That That's what they want. At least people who are still proud to be an American. And when you see, I mean, there's that footage. I assume it's from Pennsylvania. It could be somewhere else. There was a convoy of horse and buggy Amish with Trump flags. You know, they live a different lifestyle than Donald Trump in many respects. But they're, they see the overlapping of the circles. My life and your life. You allow, We allow each other to coexist. And all those people lining up in, in the cold uh, at, at, late at night at, to see Donald Trump on airport tarmacs got to see the best of Donald Trump in the, what, the last, how long has that been since that debate, Steve? Is it, uh, we're going on a month. I, I'm not entire, yeah. entirely sure. It was sure. the first Tuesday in October, I think is when it was. Yeah. But that's how starving we are for who we were truly called to be as a people. As bad as our civics education is, ladies and gentlemen, people who still proudly call themselves American know in their guts what is supposed to be happening and how far away Democrats have fallen from that. They could have easily won this presidential election if they were just normal human beings. And they've told you by what they turned Donald Trump into, a a Democrat for much of his life, what they turned a guy like Kavanaugh, that everybody must be a racist now. They're like, I, I want no part of this. Just give me something to hold on to. That's why I wake up good. It, it would have been much harder to wake up feeling good if Donald Trump had been a horse's ass this last month. He hasn't been. And he gives you a shot. And he gives every Republican governor and every Republican legislature a shot by his mere existence and sitting there as president of the United States. And God bless him for it. Living in Iowa, we know, my goodness, we know how blessed we have been to live where we live compared to other states. May that continue in the future. That's why I'm at peace. Hey, I'm down here in Texas right now. We're freer in Iowa than they are down here in Texas. Just to... Just to Go to the point that you were just raising there, Todd. Spoiler Aaron, alert. What are your thoughts? That's one of the questions coming up in hour two. <laughs> All right. Aaron, what do you think? So I, I didn't vote for Trump in, in 2016. I find his personality and his um, just demeanor sometimes just grating. Sometimes I find it amusing, like a, like I would a, a pet, a pet dog or something. But most of the time I, I find it um, grating. I don't believe, though, that he hates me, which is not the same thing, and I can't say as much about the forces behind Joe Biden's campaign and the Democratic base. I really do believe that they hate people like us. That's what I told my wife last night when we were sitting down as a married heterosexual couple after praying God's blessing over the food and praying for our country and praying about our days. The forces behind Joe Biden's candidacy, the base of the Democratic Party, at least what we think it is, what what has been controlling it, they hate that because they're iconoclasts. I may not like Donald Trump's personality. I may hate his personality. I don't think he hates me. Um. 
I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here, and I don't think anybody outside of the very, very vehement supporters for President Trump. I don't think really anybody casts a vote for him, thinking that he's going to make the sunshine and uh, bring the rain on any given day. There, I, I just, I just think that people see, you know what? He's the closest thing that we've got right now to the idea an optimistic, a positive view of what America was, still is, and still can be. And I want to get behind that. Hmm. And I, I've had this notion many times, especially this year. I can't believe, I can't believe that a majority of the American people believe that shutting ourselves in our homes, that wearing a diaper on your face, that any one of these ridiculous ridiculous and just fevered dreams of of the uh, of the most petty tyrant i can't believe that the american people would go for this well you're right steve either i'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning and i'm gonna say to myself now i can't believe this or i'm going to say aaron you were right the american people don't believe this and can't go for that and so i think you're right steve overall we're gonna get answers we're going to get clarity and we should be thankful for that and and the president has with what you pointed out todd his behavior the last few weeks he has provoked this sort of valley of megiddo moment in the culture and i'm grateful for that yes we are we are good to know as a movement now where we go from here after this election more in a moment You know, we do a lot of cool things for our dogs. We take them on walks. Some of you take them on runs. I've seen people take them on bike runs. Wow. That's nuts. Uh, We take them to groomers. We love on them, right? We take care of them. We feed them. But we got to make sure they also have the proper nutrition because chances are the food you are buying for your dog at the store is stripped bare of all the good stuff, just like the food we buy for ourselves. That's why the supplement section is like one of the biggest sections at most grocery stores these days. Because the food has been stripped of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidants, pre and and probiotics, omega oils. Because you put those things in, it doesn't last as long and it spoils, right? Um, And so they take it out so that it will have a long shelf life, mass distribution, mass consumption and all. Same thing goes down with our pet's food as well. Thankfully, they've got a supplement too. It's called Rough Greens. It's a powder that you sprinkle in with your dog's food that will make the food they love taste even better. At least that's what our dog cap thinks. But it's also loaded with all the good stuff. Stuff that's probably missing from your pet's store-bought food. And right now, you can try a two-week supply to see if you don't see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. It's just $14.95. They call it the jumpstart bag at roughgreens. R-U-F-F is how it's spelled. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens.com slash blaze. Latest update out of Florida right now is... The GOP has about a 99,000 vote lead in the state of Florida. Now, some of those are going to be Republicans that vote for Biden. Uh, that, and there will be some Democrats that vote for Trump. That always happens. But, but traditionally, 80 to 95% of people who are registered with a party vote for the person at the top of that ticket. 
Now, why does Florida matter? Well, in the last 60 years, and I, I wouldn't go back any further because then you're pre migration to Florida, you're pre Disney World, you're pre Cuban immigration to Florida. In the last 60 years, only one time has Florida not been on the side of the winner in the presidential election. And that was 1992, one of the ultimate outlier elections with Ross Perot getting a historic percentage of 19% for a third-party candidate. So Governor Ron DeSantis, he called his shot earlier uh, today, thinks that Trump's going to win the state by more than the 1.2 he won it by four years ago. So uh, all eyes are on Florida right now. The, the uh, Biden's campaign spokesman just said a few minutes ago that they think they have a path to 270 aside from Florida and Pennsylvania. No. I thought that was interesting. I don't believe that they do, but we shall see. Uh, I think because Ohio is lost, I, I think, but we shall see. Let's get to some of uh, the latest polls from this group that a lot of us noticed them pop up at the end of the last election cycle. And we didn't say anything or talk about them all that much before because, frankly, we thought they were nuts <laughs> because they were just way outside the mainstream. And, and this was pre-COVID, pre-Julie Swetnick, pre-Russian collusion, pre molar when at least the data was sound. I, I've spent a lot of time on this show over the years pointing out that modern polling has actually been pretty accurate until we got to 2016. And then the national polling average was pretty close to what happened. It's just the state battleground polls and the forecasters were way off. And remember, we don't have a national. We're not having a we're having a national referendum today. That that is happening because of the turnout we're seeing. But we and and in a pandemic year, by the way, I'm going to guess for some folks, this is going to be the most people they've seen in quite a while. Maybe most of this year will be today when they're waiting to vote around the country by the way steve did you see what the cdc just said about people sick with covid (laughs) yeah you're welcome to leave your home to vote now yeah yeah i just yeah whatever man okay those people have already voted by mail or absentee i would imagine but anyway um so this group called trafalgar shows up at the end of the last election and they've got totally different battleground state polls than everybody else does. I, I asked some of my GOP pollster buddies. I'm thinking this is Team Trump trying to throw you know some chum in the water. Hey, we're still in this. And all my GOP pollster buddies are like, we don't know what the hell a Trafalgar group is. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know who these people are. I didn't talk about them, didn't really bring them up. And they came back in 2018, called the DeSantis win. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to pay more attention to them in 2020. So we, we've even interviewed the guy who runs that polling firm, Robert Cahaley, who's having a moment right now. He was, he's been on Fox a few times and other networks. He was just on with us a couple of weeks ago. He's having a moment right now. It's the Nate Silver moment. Nate Silver had this moment in 2012. When Democrats were deathly nervous that Obama was going to lose to Romney, he kept telling them all along, Obama's got this, and he turned out to be right. And it made Nate Silver's career. Now, he's not been right about much since, But he was right in that moment. And Robert Cahaley, in the next 24 hours or weeks, months, however long it takes to adjudicate this thing, Robert Cahaley is about to become the new Nate Silver. Or, dude, remember that Robert Cahaley guy? (laughs) All right, it's going to be one of those two. Because he's on a different astral plane from a polling standpoint 
than the rest of the country. Now, I was just on Glenn Beck's show before we did ours. And what I said to Glenn and Stu was, take the polls away. Show me any other data point that indicates to you Joe Biden is going to win. Because I don't believe there's one. I look at the voting numbers, the early voting numbers, the party registrations. I'm looking at data. And, 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 I'm, and, and it's a, this is a weird position for me to be in in my career. And I said this to Glenn this morning. I, this is normally the time of the election when y'all, people like you, Glenn, throw me in a closet. Get Dace out of here. He's going to kill our turnout. He's telling people the truth. Make him stop. Because I'm driven by data. And because I like clarity. And I'm, it's weird now that I'm Santa Claus, man. I, I come in with a bag. I'm, I'm Romulans bearing gifts. I, I don't know what to do with this. But I'm, I'm just following data. And I'm not considering the polls in my data because a lot of the same people doing the polls or reporting on them also reported on the really bad COVID data I've spent this year exposing. For example, Quinnipiac put out a poll yesterday that Donald Trump's going to get 39%. (laughs) That's going to tie Herbert Hoover for the worst ever since 1880. That's the post-Reconstruction two-party era. No incumbent president has done worse than that except Herbert Hoover got 39%. When there was only two candidates. They're, they're saying yesterday Donald Trump's going to do that. Investors Business Daily was the second most accurate national poll next to Rasmussen four years ago. This morning they put out a poll. Donald Trump's going to win Hispanics and lose. I don't know. Does that mean 17? Only 17 Hispanics are going to win are going to vote then, I guess. I mean, how could he possibly win Hispanics and lose? How is that possible? Because if he's winning Hispanics, he's winning Florida, he's winning Arizona. Win in Nevada. How is that possible? North Carolina has a, a large growing Hispanic population. Probably win in there. Not to mention Texas. So he's going to win. He's, he, if he wins Hispanics, that means he's winning Texas, North Carolina. He's winning Arizona and Nevada. And Florida. But he's going to lose. I, I don't see that. I, 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 that doesn't mean he's going to win Hispanics. It just means this data doesn't make any sense. Well, Trafalgar has their own methodology, and it's all predicated on the assumption, because any poll is, is only as good as two things, the integrity of who's doing it, and then the assumptions they're starting from. And he is starting from an assumption that there are scores of people that want to vote for Donald Trump and then just not say anything to anybody about it. So he finds ways to get the answers to those questions by asking questions like, well, who do you think your neighbors, you know? It's like, you, you know, back in the day, you know, if you called Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla on Loveline, you didn't call up and say, hey, guys, I've got these uh, sores on my yin-yang. What do I do? You didn't do that. You called up and said, uh, hey, guys, this uh, friend of mine has a burning itch. Any ideas? That's what you did. And that's Robert Trafalgar's entire polling methodology in a nutshell. There's more to it than that, but that's really what sets him apart from everybody else. He is starting from the assumption that there are people that are going to vote for Donald Trump and then just don't want to deal with the backlash. And so they just don't say anything. Well, here's where he has, these are his final battleground state polls. In Georgia, he's got Donald Trump ahead by 4.3 points in Georgia right now in his final battleground state poll with the Trafalgar group. Let's go to Nevada. I'm kind of on an island tonight because I think based on what I'm seeing in the early voting, I think this state is in play. 
A lot of my colleagues are telling me it's fool's gold, but I think it's in play. Right now, he's got Donald Trump winning this state by the absolute narrowest of margins. What is that, 0.7? 0.7. Yeah, 0.7, which is what he won uh, Michigan by (laughs) four years ago. All right, that's that's what he has in Nevada. In Florida, where the GOP is doing well today, in the voting numbers we're seeing there from there so far. He has Trump winning this state by just under two points. Or 2.1 points, I'm sorry. Just over two points. That would be twice what he won it by last time when he won it by 1.2. And remember, only once in the last 60 years has Florida not been on the side of the winner. Uh, let's go. Let's go next to Pennsylvania. Which is a mess. I, I I was on a show yesterday, guys, uh, a Christian show with a guy out of North Carolina named Steve Noble, great guy, and he asked me, hey, what would you have our audience pray for? I said, pray that we get a decisive winner without Pennsylvania, because I think that's a mess. I told you over a week ago, I was getting Florida 2000 vibes, and the more and more I hear and see today on game day, the, the sadly, the more confident of that I am becoming. All right, in Pennsylvania, Trafalgar has Trump winning by just under two points, which would be substantially more than he won it by four years ago. Um, in Ohio, he's got Trump winning the state outside the margin for error. Based on the early voting, I believe Donald Trump's already won this state. And keep in mind, there's only been one time since 1880, so post-Reconstruction in the two-party era, Only one time somebody has won Florida and Ohio and still lost. That was Richard Nixon in 1960 in what is considered by many the most questionable election during this era until the Florida recount. And he's got Trump outside the margin for error there. In Michigan. Now, I was told by somebody this morning that Trump is telling their, the, the, the Trump team is telling their staff they think they're going to win Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. They're not as confident about Michigan. In Michigan, he's got Trump there with, what's that, about a two-and-a-half-point lead is what I believe that is. Yep. Um, which, again, he won this state by .7 four years ago. To me, I, I think the early voting in Michigan looked very promising. Our colleague Daniel Horitz is actually very bullish on Trump winning Michigan, but we shall see. North Carolina, a state that has a growing Hispanic population and a growing suburban population. Uh, Trump, he's got Trump winning the state by 2.1 points. If, to me, if Joe Biden thinks that he can lose Florida and Pennsylvania and still get to 270, as his campaign manager said just a little while ago, then that has to include North Carolina. They have to believe they're going to flip that state. Because you take North Carolina off the table, and I just don't see how that math works then. Um, where are we going next? Arizona. Early voting numbers out of Maricopa County today for for Republicans are very good. That's the biggest county in the state. He's got Trump winning the state by 2.5 points right now. So those are his latest battleground state polls from the Trafalgar Group. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I think, going back to where uh, we were last half hour, America is simply planting its flag in the middle of the football field. 
and saying enough is enough. Th- those kinds of people in a world where the Venn diagram circles overlap, they, there's all kinds of people that can go either way. But it, this is so encouraging. A guy like Robert doing the work, and this happens all the time. Look at how journalism has been for a long time. We know how it's sloppy. They've just constantly, the air is always going the right way, the, 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 the same way. The same thing started happening with the polling. This is not a new story. And this always happens with almost all of the experts. Now we see it in science, and we have been in uh, uh, global warming for a long time. We, now we saw it with COVID and the outliers, the Robert Trafalgar's, the, the Scott Atlases. They're just, people are fed up. There's fewer of those in the expert class, but in the American class, they've been woken up. They feel invigorated. They felt like there's no, been no real fight. And now, it's Steve, it's that scene that you and I, we both loved, and Aaron loved it too, in the end of The Darkest Hour, when Churchill's on the subway and asking, what should I, what should I do if the Nazis come ashore? And there's housewives saying, we'll fight them in the streets with our broomsticks. That feeling is going on in America. That feeling is behind these polls. And amen to that. And that is why... I am less confident that we will not know the result tonight. That doesn't mean I'm confident we will know the result. I'm just less confident uh, that it's going to be delayed into perpetuity, essentially, uh, tonight. Because seeing the early voting numbers that we talked about yesterday, hearing some of the uh, early Election Day voting numbers coming out of key states like Florida, Arizona, and others as well, That's why I am a little bit more confident that this could be hinging upon a modern-day landslide, which would be the equivalent of 300-plus electoral college votes. And that's what we have to hope for, folks. We have to hope that's going to be the case. And as Steve said, pray that this doesn't come down to Pennsylvania, because if it does, this thing's going to get drawn out as long as it absolutely needs to, because... What's stopping? We talked about this in the overtime, and I'll I'll make this point very quickly. We talked about this yesterday in the overtime. When and when not for Trump to declare victory tonight. Now, what if Joe Biden decides, despite the polling numbers come in, if the media organizations say uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern time, I'm being hyperbolic here, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Joe Biden's the projected winner. Joe Biden comes out, says, thanks, uh, everybody. What happens then? So this has to be, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping anyway, that this will be a resounding victory. And I think that's what we have to hope for as well in order to reduce the chance of any sort of nonsense and shenanigans that they're going to try to pull, that the left is going to try to pull. And Steve, all the concerns being legitimate about Pennsylvania, but look at how ham-fisted it is already. It's turning into Kavanaugh. It's turning into impeachment. They're so bad at this, Steve. Their their reach exceeds their grasp. It's going to benefit Trump in the end. All right, so we're going to play Fake News or Not with election tropes, bromides, headlines, polls, predictions. They're going to turn the tables on me. Full hour. Our final hour before the election is next right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Stay tuned. We are back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I should mention, in case you missed at the top, I'm down here in Dallas for the Blaze TV coverage of the election tonight. Don't miss any of it. BlazeTV.com 
is where you can go and use the promo code Steve to get the biggest discount we've ever offered. You can also watch it tonight, some of it, on YouTube. I mean, there's going to be exclusive stuff, free stuff. We're going to be here. It starts at 7 o'clock Eastern, and who knows when it ends. Who knows? All right, so I'm rolling in for a late night here. Uh, I can't I can't promise you what kind of condition you're going to see me in tomorrow uh, when I come back here to do the show on uh, Wednesday. But uh, it's a big night. We've got all hands on deck. Uh, the a lot of the Blaze team is down here for this, including yours truly. We're going to have guests uh, from uh, other big time guests from all over uh, the conservative media spectrum as well that you don't want to miss here tonight on Blaze TV. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the show. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And check us out on our new YouTube channel. Uh, that's YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Where we look to put out uh, content that will be demonetized by YouTube because that usually means it was effective, good, and over the target. That, that's kind of how it works these days, I've learned. Um, top of the hour, guys. You know, a lot of times when you talk about an aftertaste of something, it's a complaint. Literally for the first time in my life, I am here to praise the aftertaste. I'm not even taking a drink. I'm enjoying this aftertaste so much. I just tried Built Bar's new caramel apple flavor. Dude, this is the best aftertaste I've ever had eating something. I mean, I can still taste the apple. Built Bar, trust me, you've never had a protein bar this good. Up to 20 grams of protein, uh, fewer than 5 grams of sugar in every bar, all of them covered in real chocolate. The texture of a Three Musketeers, just a lot healthier for you. Loaded with fiber, loaded with protein, stuff that most Americans aren't getting enough of. And especially in the 18, I guess, count the caramel apple, 19 uh, assorted flavors here from Built Bar. You've never had a protein bar this good. Use my name, Dace, as the promo code, D-E-A-C-E, and you're going to get 20% off your order right now using Dace as the promo code. 20% off at Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com, where even the aftertaste is good at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's play some fake news or not. Now, typically what happens is I set up and then Todd and Aaron decide whether or not to knock it down. But for today, being the election, we are going to flip the script and change the paradigm. Todd and Aaron have put their heads together to come up with a series of items, tropes, bromides, what have you, about this election. And we are going to decide, or I'm going to decide here in the final hour that we're going to be on the air before we start covering this election for blaze tv tonight based on what we are seeing and what i'm analyzing do i think that is fake news or not gentlemen the floor is yours all right we'll start with this trump will end up improving upon his numbers with suburban women from 2016 that's a great question um that's a hard over under because of the turnout we're seeing right now. I mean, I, I, just got an e- I just got a text from a guy I know in Oklahoma, lives in a suburb of Tulsa, he says, I've never seen lines like this. And I mean, I'm, I'm hearing this from people all over the country right now. 
both pros and amateurs, just, you know, regular folks. And here's, here's why the turnout matters in, in a lot of this analysis. Because turnout this high is not going to be factored in by a lot of pollsters. Because it's an outlier. You don't typically see it. And that will usually give you a reckoning of some kind. You know, if Donald Trump wins tonight, it's going to be the biggest repudiation of modern polling ever. Ever. This would be far bigger than what happened in 2016. Because of the level of turnout we're seeing. And, And there's only one other moment in American polling, presidential polling history that would even come close. 1948. Polling was in its infancy back then. But everybody, everybody was polling that Thomas Dewey was going to annihilate Harry Truman. And uh, a little known sports better by the name of, at the time, by the name of Jimmy the Greek Snyder made a very famous wager on Harry Truman to win. And it paid off and made his career. I mean, he was a fixture, a household name in America for the next four decades until he made some uh, off, unfortunate uh, and crazy remarks about slave breeding uh, at a bar uh, one night, and that ended his career. But his counter bet on that is what made his bones. And what pollsters missed in that election is there was a mass migration of black voters from the Republican to the Democratic Party in that election. And there's two reasons pollsters missed them. Number one, there just wasn't a lot of interest in polling black people back then. Uh, It wasn't safe in parts of the country for black people to vote still in 1948. We're pre-Brown versus Board of Education, so we're in a still uh, fairly segregated society. And so they just weren't taken, sadly, they just weren't taken seriously as a people group in 1948. And then the other reason was it was just an assumption they would all vote Republican because black people had been voting en en masse for Republicans since Lincoln. And in the 1948, what happened is Harry Truman, after the troops came home from Japan, desegregated the military for the first time. And his desegregation of the military was considered one of the greatest leaps forward for uh, civil rights for blacks uh, post-emancipation proclamation. And he got a resounding response from black voters that just nobody saw coming. And that was the key component to his big upset in beating Thomas Dewey in 1948. And what we're seeing right now is a lot of people are voting that pollsters and modelers, even if they were trying to do a good job, just wouldn't have picked up on with the turnout numbers we're seeing. And so that makes this a difficult question to answer. Because it... To me, I don't see how he can do as good. He's either going to do better or worse. It's going to be defining. Um, Let the record show my first question to Steve. Kobayashi marooned him. I'm very proud of that yes. fact. Yeah, it did. This is a difficult over-under. I think it's... I'm going to say worse. Just based off of the behavior we've seen from suburban women during COVID. I think it is conceivable Trump could do worse with that group and better with almost every other one. That group seems uniquely t- 
untethered to the Lockdown America face diaper for all uh, message. So that's my answer. All right. Up next, the top three voter issues from the exit polls will be the economy, lockdowns, and public safety. If those are the top three issues, Donald Trump wins. I think we have to ask ourselves, by the way, how reliable is exit polling going to be with this yeah. with this much early voting going on, number one, right? Um, I mean, Texas is sitting at 106% of, of turnout before we even opened the polls this morning. So none of those people got exit polled. So I mean, how reliable is exit polling even going to be? Do you, if, if it turns out Trump wins, well, the same people that did the fake polls that you watched for the last year are doing the exit polling. So do you trust that? You know, but... If you're telling me if, uh, what a Trump win would look like, because you guys know I like to see what issues are trending in exit polls, because that tells me what framed the electorate. You know, I've talked before in, on the election night 2012, I was doing a live show for uh, a national show for Salem Radio Network, and I came on the air when I saw that a majority of voters uh, still blamed Bush for the sluggish uh, growth in the economy. I said Barack Obama's won the election. If that's where a majority of these voters are at, there's not enough Mitt Romney voters for him to win. And that proved true when we started calling states later. Um, So I I agree that if Trump wins, those are the top three issues. I'm struggling to answer this question just because I don't know how reliable the exit polling will be. Um, But I'll answer it this way. If Trump wins, those will be the top three issues. That's what a a pro-Trump electorate would look like. Next. Trump's so, cap- so so that's that's real news, I guess I should say. Yeah. Real news. Okay. Trump's yep. cabinet will go young, much like the NFL football coaching trend, and select people like Josh Hammer as AG and Daniel Horowitz as Secretary of Defense. Oh, come on now. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I think you might be right about the first half of that. I have a hard time believing. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, God bless him. He's the guy that, you know, it's like King David when God comes to him and says, you've, you've just killed too many people and someone your son's going to have to build the temple. You can't do it. And if I told Daniel that, he'd tell me that's like the nicest thing I've ever said to him. Okay. Um, so, but I, I, I like this sentiment. I think there could be something to that. If, if not necessarily the specific names, but I think there could be something to that. So I'll, if he wins, I'll, I think there will be a major shakeup. I do. Um, I think there will be a major reckoning. I do. I, I think that going back to what you said last hour, Todd, you know why I think we this is the longest period of time we've seen Trump act like an adult and stay on message since we've politically known of him? I think it's because he's responding to the people. Now, I, I think the people have caused him to elevate his game. Not the other way around. And you use the right analogy from the, the scene in The Darkest Hour. You, you, you should have thrown in the context there, brother, of what happens before that scene. Winston Churchill walks out of, he's, he's in a bunker with his cabinet. And they're all over him. It's time to cut the deal to surrender to the Germans now. Before, while we have leverage. Before, surrender now before they conquer us to preserve some form of our, of our way of life. That's the debate they're having. And his entire cabinet basically is against him. And he storms out and he, you know, he's, he, he decide he gets on the subway and starts listening to what the people actually think. 
And it's the people that, you know, you know, that's when Rocky catches the chicken, right? Gets to the top of the stairs. That's when Hulk Hogan, you know, when the when the people start chanting, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. That's when the Hulkamania starts running wild. He feeds off of them. That's what happens to Churchill in that scene. He feeds off of the people. See, I think this is the first time since he came down from that escalator that I think Donald Trump has come to grips or at least entertain the idea that this really isn't about him. That it's about something bigger than him. And I think all this time, he thought that he was the one that was moving moving these people. You know, the, the remark he made in Iowa, infamously, I could go out on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and these people would still vote for him. I just tell him stuff like, hey, we're going to build a wall, they're asleep, we're going to build a wall, and they all cheer, right? I, I think what's happened here in, these last, in, this, in, in the last days of this campaign is I think we've watched Donald Trump as much as you can at, your, at that age mature right before our eyes. I think for the first time without a teleprompter to read off, you've watched him rise to the occasion of the moment. You've seen the people elevate him. And he's realized this isn't about me. And I think if he wins, you may see that pay some dividends on the other side. Because it's not going to be the people in the system that he owes a debt of gratitude to. It's going to be a lot of you that are listening and watching shows like this around the country he owes it to you so i'm gonna i'm gonna say that's real news that we're gonna see something like that if he wins if if, even if it's not those specific names all right next the purge will finally happen within the federal bureaucracy after a trump win (sighs) these are toughly worded questions man you guys are you guys are not taking it easy on the old man right here i want you to know the purge fake news. Will there be some purging? Yes. I, I believe there will be some purging. Do I think it will be the purge? No. Um, I think it'll be more than like, hey, he used Title 10 to defund Planned Parenthood, right? And I believe, didn't we do the math on this show and it was like 2% of their budget or something, right? Right. And... And that's not much, but it's 100% more than any Republican in the White House had done yet. A little bit like that. And I think it'll be more than 2% of, 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 of than that was. But I don't think it'll be like a bloodletting. Do I think, though, that there will... Do I think there will be some Michael Corleone, uh, uh, you know, uh, christening scenes at the end? Uh, were some family businesses settled? Yes, I do think you will see that. Will it be will it be the body count that we want? No. Will it be more than Washington probably can tolerate or, or stomach? Yes. Somewhere in between would be my guess. Next up, Texas's drift towards turning blue will be the cause for the repeal of Greg Abbott by Republicans. Um I'm gonna say that's fake news. I think Greg Abbott has internal problems in Texas. I think, and, you know, 
people wearing masks and stuff everywhere. We don't have to do that in Iowa. Fitness center at my hotel was open a month ago. It's closed again. I was down here a month ago for the debate. Now it's closed again. I mean, we're freer in Iowa than we are, than you, than I, than you are in Texas right now. I think that's Greg Abbott's problem. Um, and I think the other issue Texas has with turning blue is separate from Greg Abbott. It's, hey, the good news is you welcome in all these modern businesses uh, into your state that left places like California. The bad news is they imported all their Democratic voters with them. You know, I think uh, that's... That's where you have to ask yourself, if you're a state like Texas, how many, how much more job creation do we need? How much more wealth do we need, really? When, when do we reach the point of diminishing returns where importing all of these goods and services from other states means we import their cultural baggage at the exact same time? I mean, hey, ultimately, you got to eat. And so when you're in a recession or you have slow job growth, you, you know... You don't have time to fight a culture war in moments like that. I get that. Texas is not in that position, though. So how much more Silicon Valley do they need to bring in from out west into here in order to just create more Beto voters? I think I think Texas Republicans and conservatives probably need to are probably having that conversation right now. So I, I think the two issues you're asking me about are separate. So I'm going to say fake news. I think the issue that Texas has with, with potentially going blue in the future is separate from the issues that Greg Abbott has. But I do agree that Greg Abbott has some issues right now. Next, a member of the squad will be voted out of office. They're just in districts, guys. Um, I, I don't see that happening, so i got to say fake news. They're They're just in districts where... You know, the old saying used to be in the old Reconstruction South, yellow dog Democrats put up a yellow dog and call it a Democrat and and they would win. Um, I I think that's, you know, we're talking about Tlaib, Presley, Omar and Ocasio-Cortez, correct? Uh, They're all in districts that I just think are are virtually unlosable, that, that you'd have to take them out in a primary or by an act of God. So I'm, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell that that won't happen. I do think Rashida Tlaib's and Ilan Omar's states could go to Donald Trump tonight. That would be Michigan and Minnesota. I do think that's possible. Um, but I, I, I just don't think you can beat them in a general election, barring an act of God. It, it would truly take a momentous wave to include the kinds of districts that they represent. Up next... More people will run for local office than at any time in the last 100 years, no matter who wins election. You mean after this? Is that what you mean? After this one? Man. Guys, these are really good questions. Like, for the first time as your boss, I really feel like you put some thought into this. Like, hey. Thanks. I did like, I, I just want to say I did like all of them. So, thank you. Oh, did you? Okay. Like, uh, so what were you doing, Erzin? No, that's not true, Todd? No? Okay. (laughs) Shaking his head no. No, he didn't do like all of them. Like, I feel like you guys actually got together and thought, let's play Stump the Chump with this guy right now. These are hard. I'm going to say true. You know what? Here's how I'm going to answer. 
real news if Biden wins, fake news if Trump wins. And that is that is the, the one thing that it that I am afraid of. Is if Trump wins and we all just go back home and think, Phew, we 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 beat back we beat back the conquering horde. We built the wall so the Visigoths cannot come over it again. And and it's back to normal life and Pleasant Valley Sundays. Because I, I need everybody within the sound of my voice to understand what I'm about to say here. If Donald Trump wins tonight, it is not going to dispirit these leftists. It will have the opposite effect. Yep. It will invigorate them all the more. Now, I use the term leftists on purpose because I do think if Donald Trump wins tonight, there are going to be some people of conscience in the Democratic Party who may not agree with us on the issues but aren't Marxists who are going to stand up and say, all right, what in the Sam Hill's going on here? What are we doing? Now, there may not be enough of those people and they may get shouted down by the leftist and driven out. We saw this in the 90s. We saw people like Billy Towson in Louisiana. Uh, you saw this in the 80s and 90s. Phil Graham in Texas was a Democrat. You saw, a, you saw people switching parties. The last time they thought the Democratic Party went too far left on issues like the Cold War and taxes. You know, they're way further left now. And I, I, I do think if they lose tonight, there are going to be some Democrats... And there really aren't any conservative Democrats left. All the conservative Democrats are now Republicans. They're going to be some non-Marxist Democrats. Real libs, real progressives. They just don't hate America. And, and would like to take their kids to finally be able to see the Wonder Woman sequel that looks like it's going to get delayed again. Those kinds of people. They're going to stand up and say, okay, guys, come on, man. A little self-awareness, maybe. What are we doing? Now, they may not have a voice. They may not have a platform. They may get run over. We don't know that. But I think that will happen if Trump wins tonight. Now, the leftists, though, they're they're full Danny DeVito and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. I, I mean, they're... No. They will be... You know what? We just... You guys are even more racist than we thought. You're even more homophobic than we thought. You're even more xenophobic than we thought. Because you're up against a rival religion, folks. They're not a political movement. They're a rival religion. You can stall them at the ballot box. You can thwart them temporarily at the ballot box. But you cannot defeat them at the ballot box. You are not going to defeat Saladin on a referendum. That wasn't going to happen. And you're not defeating this movement, this rival religion at the ballot box either. So... They're, they're going to be back here. You know, it's the story in the book of Acts. When the Sanhedrin grabs Peter and John for the miracle that they perform and the preaching of Jesus and they take him in the back and beat the snot out of him and say, don't you dare ever come back here again. And then the very next morning they were back there before the Sanhedrin showed up doing the exact same thing, preaching the gospel. They're, they're a counterfeit version of us. They're, that's what they're going to do. They're going to be back rioting in five minutes. Not healing, rioting. They're going to be back canceling you five in five minutes. 
They're going to look at people like Sarah Silverman and others on their own side and say, see, see, we told you, you guys can't, you can't accommodate these people at all. They'll just vote for Trump again. That's why we have to have cancel culture. That's what you're up against, a religious fervor. And winning tonight isn't going to cause them to wake up. It's going to drive the wedge with them further. And we need to be prepared for that. And I am afraid that if Trump wins tonight, there will be a feeling, or tomorrow or a week from now, uh, there will be a feeling of, like Admiral Akbar when the second Death Star blew up, like that. No. No. You now have got to take all of these people that showed up here all over the country and mobilize them into a force to punish these leftists on the policy side. No. I'm on my library board. You're not bringing drag queen story time hour here. Literally go to hell because that's where that comes from. Not happening here in my town. And if you if and, and, and if you try to bring it here to my library, I'm knocking on every damn door in my suburb and ain't happening. Letting them know what you all are doing down here. That kind of stuff. Because they're gonna think, hey, the hour is late. We've got to reach we've got to reach these people now. They're, whatever you think your faith compels you to do, understand that to these hard leftists. Their faith does the same, just in the opposite direction. So just like if Trump loses tonight, a lot of us are going to be like, well, now we know where we stand as a people. Look at the high turnout. Can't even blame Trump's personality on this. It's very clear. This is what the American people want. Face diapers for all, creeping Marxism. That means we've got to become more militant and mobilized, right, Todd and Aaron? Is that not the conversation we're going to have if we lose this? Oh, yeah, you bet it is. That's why I suggested to you a couple days ago our theme for uh, 2021 should come from H.L. Mencken. And yeah, you've, you've had sometimes that on there's your nothing, wall. Yeah, sometimes there's nothing left for a man to do but raise the black flag and start slitting throats. That's H.L. Mencken, that quote you're talking yes. about. That's where we're, we're going Navy SEAL mode if we lose. Yeah. We're going to do that. That's what they're going to do. That's what the le- these leftists are going to do that. Now, they, th- that doesn't include all your Democrat Karens and things of that nature, but they might get run over by these people. We don't know that. These leftists, though, they're going to dial the fervor up if they lose. They're going to dial it up. And then we'll see if whatever's left of a sane Democratic Party can sister soldier these people and put them down and put them in their place. I have my doubts, frankly, that they can, but that's what will happen if Trump wins. You guys' thoughts on that answer? It's everything. Yes, there's no... Th- this is a battle won in this election if Donald Trump wins, but it's a battle. It's not remotely close to the war. It's it, it's finally perhaps deciding that we're going to be a military led by um, Grant and Sherman instead of everybody else, but that means there's a lot of battles to fight. This is... Totally agree. If, 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 sorry, Aaron. If Trump wins tonight... 
this isn't the end of the war. It shows that we're willing to actually show up to fight it. Yes. That's what it shows. So, yeah. yeah. And I've likened this before. So after 2016, the left collectively in this country, they blinked a couple times. They did two seconds of navel gazing before they got back to saying, no, you rubes were the problem. You need to be reeducated. You're a bunch of racist, misogynistic, homophobic bigots. Two, two seconds of introspection before they were back at it again. This time, there's going to be no blanks whatsoever. They're going to double, triple, like Danny, Danny DeVito, hit me, hit me, hit me. And this morning, I thought of, I think, what's a perfect analogy. Isn't it at the end of the first Avengers movie, when they defeated the alien horde? They defeated, there was a, a, a big, costly battle, but it was a big va- battle that was victorious. Well, how did that movie end, though? Thanos is coming. I still think that that's, if, if this comes out mm-hmm. as a victory for Trump... Thanos is still coming, guys. It's just delaying the inevitable. Well said, both of you. I love that analogy, Aaron. Folks, if Trump wins tonight, you cannot go back into your homes. You need to come out all the more. This, This is not winning the war. This means we've decided to show up and fight it. We'll meet you head on in the arena right now. Because I can promise you if Trump wins tonight... They're not going to treat it like it's the end of the war at all. More in a moment. You know, we've been talking about the high turnout we're seeing across the country. I mentioned before we went on the air, uh, really before the polls opened today, Texas was already over its 2016 turnout. Right before we went on the air, Florida crossed the threshold of maxing out its turnout for 2016 as well. When you see these kinds of masses of turnout, then it, let's, let's say that it is good news for those of us that are in, in the what's left of America. I think that shows, hey, listen, I, I put the fun in fundamentalist. I'm a biblical worldview guy, but I also recognize that our country's growing increasingly secular. That's why we're even having debates like the one we're having right now. But the good news is that even people that don't share some of those principles recognize enough common sense, uh, enough natural law, that they recognize the gravity of the moment. And I think you see a good example of that. Uh, in the new book by Mike Donovan, Not Free America. I mean, Mike has traditionally come from the other side of the aisle on a lot of things, running one of the biggest pro bono pro bono uh, civil rights uh, law firms in the country. Um, a guy, probably a Dave Rubin type of a individual that's made a similar evolution because, hey, I, I, I really believe that people ought to be given freedom and liberty to choose their own way. And... I, I thought that's what Democrats believed, but they don't. Uh, they, they just want a different type of authoritarianism, and that's what his book is about. He's concerned about the Bill of Rights being under unprecedented attack right now. You can learn more about this at notfreeamerica.com. That's his website. You can buy the book there as well at notfreeamerica.com. Uh, again, that's notfreeamerica.com. All right, guys, let's get back to our final fake news or not before the election. You guys are throwing at me. A series of tropes or bromides or themes about this election. I'm deciding whether I think they will be fake news or not. I got to tell you, these questions have been really tough so far, and I love that about you. 
All right, we'll continue with this. COVID slash lockdowns will be a top three issue in the 2022 midterms. If Biden wins, yes. If Trump wins, no. Um, if Biden wins, you're going back into some form of a lockdown. Uh, that he's that he's going to try to install. Now, I think you're going to see Republican governors like DeSantis, Nome, Reynolds, Kemp defy the defy it, and then I think they'll be joined by some Republican governors like maybe Abbott and Ducey, who have been squishy. They might now that the Democrats are in charge rediscover their red card, so to speak. Um, but but I think that will those will be a defining issue in the 2022 midterms if Biden wins, but not if Trump wins. What changed in your mind? You used to think that if Biden wins, you will you know it, the day afterwards we will never have heard of COVID again. It'll instantly be cured. Something has obviously changed in your mind. What what? That's a good question. What changed was they changed it. Yes, like that's exactly they, right. they, cha- they they changed my mind for me. Um, like I, I thought that they were just doing this to shut the economy down and, um, and win the election, uh, an election they probably otherwise could not have won, but they never made the pivot. I was always afraid they were going to make, you know, I warned earlier this year, I've been right about a lot of things this year. Let me tell you something I was really wrong about. I was really wrong about that. I was convinced about May or June, they would make the pivot. When we got to the warm weather and we could go back outside again and everybody knows respiratory viruses don't like sun and heat, right? Okay. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. Um, we used to know that prior to 2020, that respiratory viruses don't like sun and heat. Now, apparently, vitamin D, what is it? We don't know that apparently anymore. There's still uh, so much we don't know, Steve. Yes. Okay. But prior to COVID, we understood that respiratory viruses don't like sun and heat, which is why we sent our older people to Arizona and Florida to retire where it's warm year round, right? Um, I thought when we got to that juncture of the calendar, they would then make the pivot and Trump left the door open when he said, well, let's extend these 30 days or 15 days past Easter for another full 30 days now. And he lost the narrative is then I thought they would take, they would then pivot, hit him from the right and say, Hey, you crushed your own economy, man. What are you doing? This is terrible management. They never did that. They even hinted at it. A little bit post-election. Remember Biden did that interview where uh, he went after Trump for that. Remember that. And then I don't know w- what changed on their side. I, that'll be an interesting conversation to have after this election. But at some point, their side decided that they were all in to be team shutdown. Remember Cuomo was going to reopen the schools and defy the teachers unions and then went back on it, remember? Um They just decided in the end, and and I wonder if it's because the power that these lockdowns provided for them, they just, you know, they just refuse it. They love it. I I remember something your buddy, and I've I've quoted this now many times, because it's one of the best pieces of analysis I've heard in recent years. Your buddy Rick Santorum said this after the 2016 election, when the Democrats ended with their fewest amount amount of office holders nationwide since before Herbert Hoover. And he said, you know what, if they would have known that that Obamacare specifically would have done this to their party, they would have done it anyway, because it gave them the power that they wanted. They would have thought it was worth the loss. And he's right. And I think that's what happened here. That same inclination, the power this gives us. How many can you have at your Thanksgiving home? Uh, everybody that shows up at your restaurant. Uh, uh, we want all their names. 
the power this gives them, they just, they couldn't refuse it. And I think that's what changed. Even when it would have politically benefited them, like we have pointed out all along, if Trump loses, it's because he left his presidency in the hands of, of Fauci Burks for too long, right? We've made that point many times. If they lose, it's going to be because they never made the pivot I'm talking about and let it and just decided we just like this power too much and we're not giving it back unless you take it from us. That'll be why they lose. All right, moving on. A Trump win will be the end for the conservative brand, and its ideas will have to be relabeled at the very least. I think there's maybe some truth to this, but probably not for the reasons. There's there's a small group. What we were first of all, those of us that were never Trump in 2016, but were actually conservatives. I, I found out later on that was actually not as big of a group as I thought. There were just a bunch of people that were fake conservatives. That were never Trump. There were very few of us that were actually, very few Steve Daces, Glenn Becks, Ben Shapiro's, etc. There is a small remaining group of conservatives, actual conservatives, who are still never Trump. But there, a lot of them are names you don't know. People like my pastor buddy, Kerry Gordon in Sioux City, Iowa, for example, we've had on the show. That he would be one of those people. Um, I would guess he would have a take like this if he were on the show with us. And others in his camp would too. I actually agree with this assessment, but I have a different reason. And the reason why is because if Trump wins, a co- a very, very diverse coalition of what's left of America came out in, in mass, in droves, and with him as the fulcrum, and, and, and pushed the levy back before it broke. And those, a lot of those people aren't conservatives. They're not communists either. They're just Americans. They just love their country. You know? And we haven't been serious in the arena of ideas as a movement for a long time. We've been, we've, we've been marketing cliques and political um, uh, brands more than principles for a long time. And so I, I do think that it will be rebranded. It'll be maybe rebranded as America First. You know, we've even rebranded ourselves a little bit here at Blaze TV. You know, we're pro-America. And we've got people here like Matt Kibbe, who's a hardcore libertarian. I mean, I put the fun in fundamentalism. We've got a diverse set of people here that have a lot of the same um, hopes and dreams for the future of the country. But on specific issues, there will there are definitely some differences. And I think the coalition that will that would emerge out of here if Trump wins will will resemble that. And that's more than likely why the term conservative will be somewhat irrelevant and re- and de facto retired because we're just going to be part of a coalition now. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're not the coalition anymore. We're we're part of one now. Next, Biden will resign before 2022 midterms if he wins. That is an excellent question. Uh, these, well, you know what? Like, these all have been really good. I, I don't think even if Biden wins, Kamala Harris will ever be president. And I don't believe Joe Biden will finish his first term. I'll, I'll just answer it that way. Next up, social media will simply try to make everyone forget about its jihad against conservatives and will be far more like a platform than a publisher in the next two years. I believe this is true if Trump wins. Yes. 
I, I believe that this is true if Trump wins. If he loses, then Rumble and Parler, here we all come. We're gone. I think I saw our colleague Stephen Crowder was getting demonetized as we speak on YouTube right now on Election Day. So I think if Biden wins, we're out of here. Um, I think if Trump wins, then they know they're number one on his turd list. Number one with a bullet, man. Number friggin' one. And I I do think you could see... uh, uh, a, a little reflection and step back because these, uh, you know, are publicly traded companies. These aren't, you know, Cal Berkeley or, or Ivy League or University of Wisconsin leftist professors with tenure. These are often publicly traded companies. They have investors. Um, they have... They don't have the, the total insulation that subsidized academia has. So I, I do think you could see some alms and some walkbacks. Like the classic Trump move would be to have Google and all these people at the White House for some kind of meeting where he slaps them on the back and love these guys, great guys. We've had our differences, you know, obviously. Hey, but great guys came to an agreement, you know, on the censorship thing and an understanding and really appreciate. I mean, I, could, could you see Trump having an event like that in the Rose Garden sure. early next year? I could see that. Yeah. If Biden wins, we're fighting for our survival. Next up. Trump's primary legacy will be as the vaccine president if he wins. I'm going to say that's fake news for sure. Um, I think there, I think, <laughs> how much time do we have? Um, About four minutes. Okay. I'll, let me just say this. If Donald Trump wins re-election, his va- the vaccine stuff is going to be next year's Common Core. And I'll just, I'll just say that where Common Core brought out a unique coalition of people on the right and the left to say, what in the hell is this? If Donald Trump wins, his va- the, COVID va- the COVID vaccines will be next year's Common Core. That might be true, win or lose, actually. It might be next year's Common Core. Next up, teachers' unions shutting down schools will be a regular part of the next four years if Trump wins. I'm going to sell on that. I, I think if Trump wins... Uh, I think on a, you're going to see a lot of the people that are out there voting right now begin to exert their will in their communities. Um, and a lot of Republican governors, like Greg Abbott in Texas, who has been willing to say, your local district can make the decision if it wants. Or, I, I think, no, I'm going to sell. Do I think, I, I'm going to sell. Yeah. I think this will be even true in blue states. I'm going to sell. College campus anarchy will grow to the point that expulsions are required and renewed commitment to the First Amendment will grow out of the ashes because of declining enrollment. I I could see this being real news. I could. Um, In fact, I think that question has its own analysis inherent to it. I don't have to add anything to it. I think that's really good. Let's do this. I've got one more live read. You guys come up with the last one to finish it off. Okay, the last big question, and we'll say that it's started by one of our new uh, sponsors here on the show, Bull and Branch. Millions of Americans and three former presidents know that these are the softest, most comfortable sheets. You'll find pure organic cotton sheets 
some of the best, maybe the best, on all of planet Earth. Their cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, carries the highest organic certification. That's why it's so soft. And they also work in family-owned mills all over the world to expertly weave every set of bowl and branch sheets with the highest level of craftsmanship. And since they sell directly to you, bowl and branch sheets start at just $160. They're $1,000 quality sheets for a fraction of the cost. And plus, you can sleep on them for a month right now, risk-free. Give it a shot right now. You'll get $50 off any sheet at bowlandbranch.com with the promo code DACE. $50 off any sheet at Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L, bowlandbranch.com, promo code DACE. All right, use that at bowlandbranch.com, promo code DACE. $50 off, and you can try it risk-free for a month. bowlandbranch.com, promo code DACE. All right. One last big question here. Final question on this election before we turn to actually discussing later tonight on Blaze TV what actually happened. Antifa Black Lives Matter will become a proxy state or faction for Russian Chinese Islamic interests via funding streams. I think that's real news and I think we're eventually going to find out it's already occurring. You know, one of the things you find out, for example, in um, David Horowitz's phenomenal book I've talked about so many times over the years, Radical Son, when he was involved in the in the counterculture in the left, uh, you know, the Weatherman uh, Ramparts magazine back in the 60s, is, is the Soviets were supporting those entities at the time as a way of uh, instigating disruption and revolt in America and insurgency. I would not be surprised if we find out that this has already been going on anyway. Remember this about Antifa. Antifa is not an American protest organization. It's a worldwide domestic terrorist organization. They're just new to America. But they have been all over the world since like the 30s. So there's a lot more going on here with Antifa than just some renegade modern manifestation of the Black Panthers in Portland, Oregon. There's a there's a lot more going on here with a group specifically like that and the tentacles and, and the reach that it has around the world. Gentlemen, great questions. Final thoughts here before we get out of here today. Um, Captain America. I gra- didn't grab this one by accident. Uh, what a wonderful country. I mean, all... All the dreaming I got to do as a kid growing up here, you look around the world, you just don't get that. And now, the thought of not being able to pass that on to my daughters, fight for every inch of it. Do not be ashamed. Do not be told to be quiet. Fight, fight, fight. Echo everything, everything Todd says. I mean, do your part. Do your part. Don't be afraid. And do what you need to do to be able to sleep well at night. Guys, great show. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget all of our coverage tonight on Blaze TV. I'll be a part of it. Until tomorrow, and perhaps more than ever before, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.